Um, today is Palm Sunday, and um, it is sometimes, so that means we are like, this is the end of Lent, or I guess we finished Lent this week. I actually don't really know what the official end of Lent is, Friday. Um, and so sometimes this is also called Passion Sunday, because not everyone goes, like not all faith traditions have, you know, like the Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday service. And so it's kind of like here, we're always like, oh, you could choose. Do you want to do like the Palm Sunday passages or sort of more Good Friday? And, and I got to thinking about like being a kid. And maybe we had Good Friday services, I don't know. But um, how it seemed like we just went from this like one Palm Sunday celebration to the Easter celebration forgetting that in-between piece. And so today we're going to do a little Palm Sunday, but we're going to walk all the way to Garden of Gethsemane, and we're going to kind of leave Jesus there um, before the events of the weekend. But um, yeah, so we'll read from several different passages and kind of move quickly through a few things, but hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully some things will, will be meaningful to you the way they have been to me this week. Um, we're going to read, I'm going to start in Matthew 21. So if you want to go there, um, we're going to start just in that first verse. But um, Matthew 21, um, it's titled, Jesus' Triumphal Entry into Jerusalem. When they, had come near, when they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them, they brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and that, um, and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. So we notice, I guess, immediately, right, that Jesus doesn't come in like this warrior. He's not armed or like on a horse, I guess, is what a warrior would come in. And so I think what, what stands out to me from this is the very beginning is that we see is that this is like a really physical way for Jesus to show what he's been saying all along, right? So all of the parables, the healings, um, the interactions with women, the way he talked about enslaved people, um, these, the marginalized people, right? The people on the outskirts of town, people with disabilities. It, like, he comes in in this really physical way into town. And so it's um, showing the kind of king that he was, that he is. Um, the kind, the, the saving that he was planning to do. This ushering in of the kingdom of heaven. Like our, um, our prayer at the beginning said, this upside down kingdom. And so, um, in reading about this passage, a lot of commentaries talk about how this being during Passover, that it is, um, that the hopes for redemption were really high during this time. Um, but what the people then saw as um, uh, redemption, they, they viewed it as the deliverance from foreign oppression. So it wasn't that they were hoping to be saved, like, this was, they weren't, like, thinking about eternity. They were thinking about, like, now, like, what that was happening to them now. And so, um, 
But we also know that the people who, who were watching Jesus come in, were, um, they did see him as a Messiah because the two things they were doing. So one is that they were throwing cloaks on the ground, which is like a sign of royalty. They're like seeing him as a king or as important. And then also um, the throwing the branches down, or I think maybe another translation says like waving the branches. That's a sign of like a celebration. That, like this is a big deal. Um, and the two things they were saying, which I actually think maybe Austin talked about this last year, but it actually feels like new information to me. So as, as it goes, right? So they were saying Hosanna, and then also blessed is the one who comes. But Hosanna can mean God save us or just simply save. And I was thinking about that a lot um, this week, how the way I had internalized the story, meaning that Hosanna was more like, woo, or like, yeah, versus more of like this, um, the feeling that is in that is, is oh, I don't know the word, but right, that there's like more behind what they're saying than just the celebration, that they're a need, that they're desperate for the Messiah. And then the other thing they were saying is, blessed is the one who comes, which is a greeting that is still used and just means welcome. Um, and so it's really beautiful to see this. It's like they're looking um, for a savior, they're looking for a deliverer, and they're shouting like, welcome God who saves, and it's beautiful. And I was thinking on this, like, calling this Palm Sunday, and I actually, like, tried this joke out on my kids. Did not think it was funny, but I was thinking, like, should it be called, like, Donkey Sunday or something, right? That it's, like, we, we focus, like, the palm branches, you know, a relative, like, sent a verse or whatever this morning about the palm leaves when it's really the importance is this, like, physical way that Jesus came in, lowly, not as a warrior, just in continuing that way that he had been coming to them all along. Um, and so we say, welcome to the God who saves. Um, and not just some like far off saving, right, that happens later, um, but welcoming the God who is continually saving, like in our lives, all the time, every day. Um, and so I kind of began to see it as, as Jesus like walking with us in the cycles of death, resurrection, and new life. And for me, um, in years past and present maybe, when Easter things, when Holy Week feels like too much, like it's, it's really hard to be like, pick through the pieces of what you've been taught and what is true and what do I believe and all those things, that I started this practice um, with my kids when Whitman was probably around a year, where I'd order, you can like order the cups of butterflies. No, you order cups of caterpillars. They come to your house and they grow and then they make their chrysalises, and then they turn into butterflies. You get to watch the whole thing happen. And it became this really, like, beautiful cycle for me to see visually of what, um, of part of what was happening um, during Holy Week. And so we still do it now. Um, and I think that it, it's something that's in all of us is that we still desire that transformation that can happen in that space. There's a, like, a Martin Luther Quote, actually, and it says, Our Lord has written the promise of resurrection, not in books alone, but in every leaf in springtime. And I think it's true. I think it's like a special thing that here in Austin that it actually is spring during Lent, and that like we do see that progression during that time from, from uh, like the death, resurrection of, of the earth into new life um, on the other side. And so during this last week, these last pages of Jesus's life, like a a lot of things happen, and I didn't, I don't think I realized how much, and we're not going to talk about everything, because I don't have that kind of time, but um, I just want to list kind of like some of the things that are happening, um, 
in the story. And so right after this is when Jesus cleanses the temple, right? So he drives out uh, the people who are buying and selling, turns over the tables. It's a big story. Um, tells like a jillion parables. There's a ton of things that are said right in this space. And then um, there's this, this whole piece where the, it's like a really intense time of him being questioned by Pharisees and Sadducees, and like they are just like trying to trick him, like say the wrong thing a lot of times. And I kept picturing, because even in the scripture, sometimes it'll say like, and then they went away and came back the same day. And so I like pictured them like going, like huddling up, okay, what's our next plan? How are we going to get Jesus this time, you know? And it finally comes to a point where um, they ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is, right? And so these verses happen um, in between Palm Sunday and, and Easter. And it says, um, of course, Jesus responds, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. Um, and then the next scene is like Jesus lays down some questions on them, and then it ends, I think it says, well, I'll just read what it says. It says, no one was able to give an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare ask him any more questions. So it's like, that's done, right? So the questioning stops. Um, and then, let's see, more stuff happens. Uh, and then, like, all these really serious verses, right, all the ones like, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, woe to you, blind guides, um, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. You blind guide, right? And he goes on to say, First clean the inside of the cup, so the outside might also become clean. So much happening. <laughs> um, Jesus goes on to, to give prophecies of the destruction of the temple, um, of the coming of the Son of Man. He teaches more in the temple, more and more parables. Um, and then there is the plot to kill Jesus. If you want to read, uh, follow along, I'm going to be reading from chapter 26 here. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, who was called uh, Caiaphas, and they conspired to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. It goes on that the woman anoints Jesus, um, and then it says Judas agrees to betray Jesus. Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas, went to the chief priest and said, what will you give me if I betray him to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver, and from that moment, he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. This morning, I was listening to a podcast with my kids that they both did not, well, Hollis was fine. They didn't want to listen to, there's like eye rolling, right, because it's like, they weren't interested, but the podcast is called We Wonder, and it's really beautiful. It will tell a part of scripture, and then just sort of open it up for time to say, like, I, I wonder how Jesus felt or how the woman felt or, you know, all these things. And I hadn't really planned to do this, but it kind of got me thinking just for us to sit in all these things that I just rushed through, right? Like, all of the scripture, all of these events, and I'm thinking, like, I don't know, I was at Tree Day for three hours and wanted to nap the rest of the afternoon yesterday, right? And so it's like, or I'll be here after teaching for 20 minutes and it will feel exhausting. So... I guess I was wondering to open that up, just like, I wonder how, at this point, 
So, you know, the way that the Bible tells us this is probably like Thursday afternoon we're talking right now. It's like in that last week of Jesus' life. Like, I wonder how Jesus felt, how he was. It's not rhetorical. And so next, the disciples um, begin to prepare for the Passover meal. Um, They take the Last Supper together. Communion is taken for the first time. Um, Jesus tells Peter that he will deny him, right? Things continue to happen, continue to move forward. And then um, in the middle, there is this story um, of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. So we're going to read that. I'm going to read it, but y'all can follow along. That is chapter 26, starting in verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. This is another really like human, super, super human experience. I think we talked, I think I said this around Christmas that I had read something that talked about how the people that the Bible, uh, the people that were around when the Bible was written were not need, they didn't like need to be convinced of Jesus being human. Like they didn't need to be convinced of his humanity because, I don't know, maybe they knew him or someone who did, but he was like a very real person not that long ago. Um, Whereas now, I think we are much more convinced of the divinity of Jesus and need to be reminded that he was a human um, like us. And so this is a really human experience, right? He throws himself to the ground. That's like really dramatic sounding, right? Like that's very grieved. That is a really, yeah, that is a big uh, physical movement. He begs God for there to be another way. Um, But we know that is not meant to be. Um, Jesus is betrayed, arrested, beaten, hung to die on a cross. And on the third day, he is resurrected to new life. Um, but before any of that, he is here praying um, alone. And uh, he's grieved and sad and lonely and fearful and angry. I don't know. Like every emotion, it seems, right? It seems so, it's like he says, grieved um, even unto death. Um, and so kind of in what I was talking about with the butterflies, I know surely I'm not the only one who feels, has felt sort of the complexity that Easter brings um, for whatever reason. There's a lot of reasons that could feel lots of feelings. (laughs) Um, And so I think this story is in this really beautiful way can be this refuge for us, right? That if we feel like we can't like wave the palm leaves or sing out 
um, the praises, that we can throw our grief-stricken bodies down in prayer. Um, it can be a home for our questions, for our fear, all of those things. Um, this is what N.T. Wright says about it, which is wonderful. He says, When we ourselves find the ground giving way beneath our feet, as sooner or later we shall, Gethsemane is where to go. That is where we find that the Lord of the world has been before us. So this is this picture of the humanity of the God who saves, the God who's continually saving, um, who was fearful to enter, enter that cycle, death, resurrection, and new life, um, but it happens anyway. Like it, it still keeps coming, and that's like with us, right? In the quote, um, sooner or later that ground gives way, or maybe it already has, or maybe it will again, probably. Um, and so Jesus has been there, has experienced it. Um, so at the very least, we can know that we're not alone, Um, in those moments. And so this is sort of an invitation to see Palm Sunday differently, to see it as Donkey Sunday, I guess, and that it's not just Hosanna like, woohoo, but it is Hosanna like God who saves. And um, so I think we can like say welcome to the God who saves in that in a different way. When we know that we don't have to jump from the palm leaves to the Easter Sunday, you know, he is risen text from whoever is going to send that to you. Sorry, I didn't... (laughs) And we don't have to jump from one to the next one so, so quickly that we can just like be in that murky, hard stuff. All of, the, all of the times where he's yelling at the Pharisees and just frustrated and all of the times that Jesus is um, fearful and sad that like we could just hang out in there um, and that's okay. And um, I, think, I think that's really all. I just wanted to offer that invitation to y'all of Holy Week that it that it doesn't, we don't have to jump between the two. Um, so let me pray for us, and then we're going to start communion um, together. And I think we kind of skipped over, there's so much we could have said about that uh, piece of this story too, about um, Jesus, maybe, oh, I don't know who said it, whatever, that's like the last thing Jesus was like, I want to get these things out to say, and that, that's kind of one of those last times, right, is that um, sharing in communion. So um, let me pray, and then we'll... Um, then we'll take communion together. God, um, I joke that I almost make it through like even announcements, not saying the wrong thing, and then something comes out that I wish wouldn't. But I know that you, um, you're okay with it, with the jokes or with the silliness and all the things, God. And, and it's not making light of what happens Easter Sunday, but that um, we saw even Jesus kind of want there to be another way and wish that it could look different. And, and that's in me too, God. Um, be near. Amen.